Welcome to Roll Factory from Particulate Media, building better tabletop role players one die at a time. I'm your mid-level dungeon manager, K.O. Myers. On this first episode, we're going to demonstrate the single most important thing you need to know how to do in order to play Dungeons & Dragons. The core mechanic of D&D is the roll of the 20-sided dice. You and your DM will use it to determine the success or failure of practically every action your character takes. These rolls fall into three categories, attacks, checks, and saving throws. An attack is just what it sounds like. Your character swings a sword, shoots a bow, or casts a damaging spell. A saving throw, or save for short, is something you do to avoid danger. You might try to dodge a zap of magical lightning or resist the burning venom from the bite of a giant snake. A check covers just about everything else you try to do in the game, like searching for a hidden door, picking the lock, and determining whether that moaning sound was a squeaky hinge or an undead horror waiting in the dark chamber beyond. In each case, you roll a d20, then add or subtract the relevant modifier that appears on your character sheet. If you roll high enough, congratulations, you achieve your goal. If you roll too low, you don't, and the story proceeds from there. Here to explain this fundamental mechanic of the game, to show us how it works, is my first DM, the guy whose monster manuals I read cover to cover more times than I care to count, my dad, Ken Myers. Dad, thank you for being here. <laughs> my pleasure, Kale. So we are going to demonstrate this, maybe the most important rule or task or thing that a new player needs to know. 90% of the things you're trying to do in the game, you're rolling a d20, you're adding a modifier based on whatever ability or skill or other feature you have on your character sheet. And then the DM has a number that you need to beat, whether that's your enemy's armor class or if it's a difficulty class that they've decided if you're trying to perform a task of some sort. The DM has a number. If you roll, add your modifier, and that total beats the number that the DM has in their head, then you succeed. If it doesn't, you fail, and the game proceeds based on that condition. So we are going to be demonstrating this with a character that you've been playing from the very beginning, and tell us a little bit about him. So a human magic user named Fladnag, which is actually <laughs> Gandalf spelled backwards simply because poor Fladnag is totally enamored and wants to be a, a really great magic user. And he's dedicated to his, his skills, but unfortunately, he messes up his spells sometimes by not having all the components or perhaps choosing the wrong spell because he's not wise in, in the ways of magic necessarily. And he has no innate magic, so he really does have to have all of his ducks in a row to make things work. As long as he has plenty of time to prepare, he's got everything lined up, he's great. But when he's startled or surprised, very often either it, the spell will fizzle or it sometimes it reverses. And, and the most egregious example of that was uh, one of his favorite spells, offensive spell, was Fireball. And unfortunately, probably about half of the time, they would come out like water balloons, <laughs> which often surprised the enemy, mm. but not for very long. <laughs> And this is so interesting to learn this about Fladnag because I think the earlier editions of the game and players of the earlier editions of the game really did have a reputation for being much more about, about the numbers and the stats and the, and the figuring out how to make things optimized. And there was, at least reputationally, less room for 
the character just being interesting, right? Having having an interesting way to succeed or fail, um, rather than just I'm a magic user, which is in the in the early editions, I think is um, much more analogous to the wizard of the of the fifth edition, where the the wizard is that very much that book learning doesn't have magic that comes from inside them. Yes, he had to quote unquote learn his spells, mm-hmm. and also uh, a lot of spells required components. So he had lots of pockets mm-hmm. in his robe, and that was another issue. When he would whip open his robe, a lot of times the stuff he wanted was in the wrong pocket or a bunch of stuff would fall on the ground and he'd have to be on his hands and knees grabbing the right things before mm-hmm. he could actually make the spell. So this just is really an example of how, even from the from the earliest editions of the game, there really was, depending on the player and the DM and the table, there was a lot of room for a character to have really interesting flaws and characteristics that were sometimes were based on the ability scores and sometimes not, but that gave them a lot of personality and flavor rather than just being two-dimensional. And so that was really cool to learn that, and I appreciate you sharing it. So today, Fladnag and his companions are deep in the bowels of an abandoned castle. It's an ancient crumbling ruin. There is moss growing on the walls. There's water dripping from the ceiling. Um, And it has been, as far as you know, it has been ages and ages since any creature has walked the crumbling flagstone floors. And so you are not being particularly cautious as you walk down this hallway looking at the moldering tapestries and the paintings that have rotted out of their frames. And you turn a corner... And much to your surprise, you stumble upon a crude, hewn, round wooden table at which four orcs are sitting playing a game of dice. And they are very concentrated on their game as they roll their dice back and forth. And occasionally they mutter curses at each other. And as you round the corner, Fladnag, I would like you to make a dexterity saving throw. Ooh, 14. And now Fladnag's dexterity is... Not great. He has a minus two penalty to dexterity. And so you've rolled a 14, minus two is a total of 12, which is not quite enough to keep Fladnag from stepping on a loose flagstone. And it shifts, and there is a loud snapping noise as the end of it cracks off. And the orcs, who were previously paying attention to their game, immediately leap to their feet, and the table goes crashing to the ground. They grab their weapons, and they begin to charge. You have just enough time to take one action. What do you want to do? I'm going to try my fireball spell. Excellent. Okay. So you're going to roll a d20. Um, This is an attack roll. So you're going to roll the d20 and add your spellcasting bonus plus one. Ooh. And you've rolled a... Ten. All right. Fladnag, you reach into your robe to grab the pinch of bat guano that is necessary to ignite this flaming sphere. Um, You reach your hand up and you go to hurl it at the table, which will explode this ball of fire and hopefully get all four of these orcs in its area of effect. But you are not quite able to hit them. And so now we're going to, because we've decided that when Fladnag fumbles an attack roll, it's because of his low dexterity, I'm going to have you roll a dexterity check to see how badly that goes and, and, and then we'll figure out what the effect is on the spell. So go ahead and roll a dexterity check. And you've rolled a four, and that's a minus two. (laughs) So your total is a two. And so I think what happens here is that Fladnag reaches into his pocket to grab his bat guano, and instead he comes away with a finger full of black pitch. And his fingers are stuck together, and as he tries to launch the spell, 
the fireball erupts in his hand instead of flying at the orcs. And so Vladnag and his companions each take eight points of fire damage and are standing there looking very surprised and singed as the orcs descend. And that is rolling a d20, adding your modifier, and seeing what happens. Thank you so much for being here to illustrate this for us. My pleasure. And Fladnag wishes you the best. Thank you. <laughs> Those d20 rolls will determine how the encounter unfolds. Fladnag and his friends will each get to roll when they take their actions. When the orcs attack, the DM will roll to see how well each of them does against the players. We'll explain how all those interactions work in upcoming episodes. A quick heads up for the rules enthusiasts. The spell mechanics in this episode were homebrewed on the fly, so Fladnag could roll a save, attack, and check back to back to back. If you're about to send a scathing email about how Fireball works, let's save you some time and pretend I'm mortified enough already. Next time on Roll Factory, we'll dive into the character sheet and look at the six most important numbers you never need to remember. Thank you for joining this session of Roll Factory. For our past adventures or to join the campaign, search and subscribe to Roll Factory wherever you get podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us grow our audience. Tell a friend, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, or tag the show in a post. We're on social at RPG Roll Factory, and our website is rpgrollfactory.com. Send your questions, concerns, corrections, disputations, guest suggestions, and unqualified praise by email to rollfactory at particulatemedia.com. Roll Factory is written, produced, and edited by me. For Roll Factory and Particulate Media, I'm K.O. Myers.